you need to ask, not assume. And that's, I think, the crux of a safe space. My name is Charlie Burridge-Jones, and you are listening to Hope Helps, a podcast created with the aim to encourage and inspire people from all walks of life through the stories of others. Joining me today are two individuals who understand the importance of learning from and also understanding those of different backgrounds. They've both dedicated a lot of their time and efforts to building bridges, breaking down barriers and also tackling social inequalities in various interfaith and intercommunity collaborations. Ben Shapiro, raised Jewish in Northwest London, studied philosophy at Cardiff University and has since spent six years working for an interfaith charity called the Faith and Belief Forum. His work involves helping students from various universities across the country develop leadership and and help support them as they develop their own social action projects with the additional mentorship from members of parliament or MPs in a special programme called Parliamentors. Mamataj Bijam, also a Londoner, was raised in the Muslim faith and is passionate about public service. Following her interests in the environment, politics, leadership and interfaith collaboration, Mamataj became involved in both the Faith and Belief Forum and Parliamentals programme. She has been actively involved in a range of community service projects and her work in the civil service puts her in contact with a wide variety of people from different walks of life every day. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ben and Mamataj. Um, So thanks for having me. Thank you, Charlie. Now, I thought it'd be really great for us to discuss how we can overcome barriers and and sort of tear down stereotypes and and how we can work together with those around us. And I wanted to ask you both how you first got involved in this kind of work and and maybe where that interest came from. For me, at school, it was quite like a mixed environment. Just in Northwest London, there's a lot of people from different backgrounds and different beliefs. And then when I went to university, it was quite different. It was a lot more like monocultural and going from like 20 Jewish kids in the year out of like 200 people. It was like 20 Jewish students out of like 60,000 students in Cardiff. So yeah, I was kind of missing what I felt was really normal, which drove me to get more involved in sort of interfaith things at university. I sought that out having never really thought about it much. Organising events where you got to know people from other faiths and beliefs and also doing sort of social action in the community as well. I just found that really important. And what about yourself, Mamataj? At university, I really wanted to learn more about myself, who I was and what my faith meant and also meet other people from different backgrounds. I think up until university, I hadn't been exposed to so much of that. So the three-faith forum, as it was back then, came to my university and did a presentation on their flagship parliamentals programme. And I was so taken by the fact that you could meet people of different faiths, people from different backgrounds, and they seemed really lovely in the delivery of it. As soon as I heard about it, I really wanted to take part in this programme. Since then, um, I've learned so much about myself, so much about the world, so much about other people that that opportunity has opened the doors to. When people can think of interfaith or intercommunity work, they may think of more formal conferences, but that's not been my experience with it. And so I wanted to ask you both to share a little bit about opportunities that you've had and things that you've been able to do in that kind of setting. Uh, so some of the nicest things for me have been like things where you're volunteering for like shared passion or cause. I remember with Mamataj actually collecting food for mitzvah day in Camden. So you're sort of standing around, you ask people for donations at Sainsbury's, but also like chatting with each other and getting to know different people and what sort of brought you together is wanting to do something in the community. 
and so like the connection sort of grows really organically rather than in a, like a formal sense in like a sort of conference way for me that's really nice yeah I think also just getting together and sharing some food having a communal thing to do like Ben said so whether that's volunteering or reading the same book and talking about it or having a shared identity that brings you together uh, often I think are the nicest most cordial ways of getting to know people yeah definitely that stimulus like a book even if it's not overtly religious or something but it's a shared stimulus that then you you think you sort of relate to your life and your identity and sort of your beliefs that's really great because it allows people to bring it in on their own terms rather than being told they need to sort of talk about the divine in some way obviously there can be lots of fun things that you can do in interfaith and into community settings and i wondered if you would both feel comfortable just to share a few i know momentage if you feel comfortable to start some of the things i know you've done have been your own social action project but then you also started a book club a podcast I remember you did a show with the National Theatre, which was a big community collective that got together for that. And I'd love you just to share a little bit about some of those maybe more unique or not thought of activities when it comes to interfaith and intercommunity work. Oh, yeah. So I think the headliner of all of that was taken part in the play. They were community theatre plays led by the National Theatre as part of their public acts project, which was to bring theatre to people and try and break down the barriers of how inaccessible it is, firstly in London and then in other places in the UK. And the Faith and Belief Forum took part in it, as well as, I think, six or seven other charities across London. And it was such a wholesome activity. It really brought together people who would never talk to each other otherwise. It was my first venture into intergenerational diversity and just realising how much I can learn from people who are of different ages. It was fascinating. It was fun. And everyone was just like a ball of emotions at the end of it. I think book clubs and volunteering and stuff is quite a familiar thing in the interfaith space. But recently I've taken part in some of the FMBF led LGBTQ plus community workshops, I'd call them. So they were to bring together people of faith and non-faith who are either allies or members of the LGBTQ community. They were all virtual. Each one focused on a different thing. And in one of them, we did some lino printing over Zoom. It was really fun. Sounds really cool. <laughs> and it was just a good way to kind of break the ice and focus on something as well as talk about identity in a really easy way. We've all mentioned this idea of safe space, but I wondered, Mamataj, if you felt that you could share what that means, what a safe space is. Yeah, so it's a space in which you can be yourself, talk about what you believe in, what's important to you without fear of being judged or being told it's wrong or someone trying to sway your way towards them. The FMBF, Faith and Belief Forum, have a rule that you need to ask, not assume. And that's, I think, the crux of a safe space. What about yourself, Ben, in terms of fun, unusual or great activities that you've got to be involved in in that setting? Because I know you've, you work with a few different groups as well. Yeah, I mean, there's some really fun ones, like some of the parliamentals a few years ago managed to clear up a massive allotment site and then open it up for the people in Coventry that wanted an allotment and some like charities and social enterprises. There was like an opening event and like the Lord Mayor came along in like very, very clean shoes 
and then immediately it was like a very muddy allotment so that was fun <laughs> made a great picture i'm sure as well <laughs> yeah yeah and like the mp came along and like his wife was like quite good at gardening put him to work which was also quite amusing and then during lockdown there was a few different events uh try and get people moving around and doing things a bit more active there's like a faith fitness and feeling good festival oh that's wow. brilliant tell us about that <laughs> What was that? There was like a week of different activities happening on Zoom, but also Facebook and YouTube, so people could join in that way. There was high-intensity dance workout with Prisca, who actually used to be on Parliamentals and then worked at Faith Belief Forum. But she runs a dance school called Save to Serve, and so that was the first day. That was very exhausting. Second day, there was a guided meditation with Jamyang, who are one of the like, Buddhist centre in just south of the river in London. They were an award winner from a few years ago. There was a sport and faith panel. That was really interesting, hearing about different spaces where different people feel safer, more safe to play their, the sports they like to do. And also looking at some of the inequalities you see inside amateur and professional sport in this country, like the different people, different sort of groups you find not participating much why that is and what's being done at all levels to try and change that mm. so that was really fun and then there was also more yoga and meditation and dancing sort of throughout the week but that that was like a really fun week of activities it certainly got me out of my chair a bit different to what I was used to in interfaith spaces which is often a bit more like sitting down or a bit more volunteering a bit more chatting a bit of an insight into different expressions of faith that I hadn't really been part of before Ben, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about Moshi House as well and the work that you were doing there, because I know you did some fun community stuff while you were living there. Yeah, totally. So Moses in like Hebrew is like Moshe or Moshi. So there's these Jewish community centers all over the world called Moshe Houses, where you have residents that live in the house, but they also like run the community center. So they're usually just like a big house or a big flat with like four or five young Jews. You're allowed to do kind of whatever you want, as long as it you do a few things that are to do with Shabbat and festivals, uh, social events, some social action and some Jewish learning across three months, which is no problem at all. So we'd always do things like Friday night dinners because that's the beginning of Shabbat, the Jewish day of rest. And you'd have loads of people come over and we'd either just eat or you'd have like an interesting speaker come along. And sometimes those were really good opportunities to invite people from the wider community who weren't Jewish uh, to come and take part and see sort of that part of the Jewish week, which is so central to sort of Jewish life, but also hear from interesting speakers. Like there's a friend of one of my old housemates who volunteers with a charity to try and get more people from minority backgrounds to get registered to donate stem cells. Because if you're from an ethnic minority background in the UK, you're much, much less likely to get matched, particularly for stem cells, but also for other things, because it's not like blood, where there's like a few groups and you can kind of take blood from anybody in your group. It has to be a much closer match. Uh, so that was really interesting. We'd sort of invite people along to other festivals where it was like kind of a bit more fun. And, you know, I think people generally kind of quite enjoyed it. Just a really nice way of getting to know more about the Jewish kind of faith, but also shared events. Like we did a Shavuot Iftar, Shavuot is a harvest festival around May. It means in Hebrew like seven weeks. So it's a bit like Pentecost in that it's sort of a certain number of weeks later than Passover. But it happened at the same time as Ramadan. So Mamataj and I hosted an event where we sort of talked about both festivals. And then when the sun came down, we had lots of food because it's the end of the fast at that festival. Lots of people eat cheesecakes. That was fun. I always feel like 
interfaith into community events always seem to have really good food <laughs> always <laughs> really enjoy whatever i've eaten when i've gone to them there's always hummus as well oh That's yes. one thing you can guarantee mm, so good <laughs> yeah i think some of the hummus came in like one kilo and be like oh yeah like five of those please <laughs> i wanted to ask you both if there's been an opportunity or experience that you've had that's really solidified the importance for you into community or interfaith relationship building like has there been a moment where there's been something that's been happening that you thought oh wow gosh this is why it's so important there's a lot of moments i mean there's like one person who i won't embarrass but they entered the parliamentary program not really hearing what other people were saying at some level because it was just too far from his own experience of the world but he like really loved the programme. He learned a lot from his teammates like on the parliamentals team. And he's taken on a lot of responsibility for diversity and inclusion that's sort of almost like extracurricular. It's not really part of his like normal. He's really passionate about it. It's really important to him. Like he says, he's very open about the fact that it's like definitely because of his experiences and sort of just hearing other people's like stories and the things that go well for them and the things that are challenging for them. It's made him really, really passionate about, well, trying to make sure that other people can hear those things and make the places where he is better. I love that. What about yourself, Mama Todd? For me, one of my most seminal experiences was going to a Muslim Jewish conference. It was hosted in Bosnia so, and visiting the memorial in Srebrenica where the genocide happened only like 20, 30 years ago we all shared grief and we expressed it in different ways and it was all very valid and that kind of just changed my internal view on faith and what it means to be a person of faith and what it means to be a Muslim and what it means to be an interfaith person and, and all of these things because it was kind of like well everything's okay like we all answer to God at the end of the day so you just have to make peace with yourself and your faith. I imagine that's the sort of experience that you don't forget easily either something no something like that and sharing that together because after all we're all we really are all part of the same human family and I love that idea and that term to be honest of a human family because it makes us realize that we actually are all interconnected even in the last 18 months when a lot of us were forced to be distant from a lot of others I think it's helped a lot of us realize how important and how much we've missed those opportunities to break bread together with a bunch of people. My name is Charlie Burridge-Jones and you are listening to Hope Helps. Joining me today are Ben Shapiro and Mamataj Bijam. Obviously, there's all these incredible projects that we can get involved in, especially if it's a shared goal, like you said, reaching out to the homeless community or whatever it could be. But do you both feel like these are important things for people to get involved in who are religious, not religious or whatever it may be? And if so, why do you think it's important for them to get involved in? Yeah, I think it's important for everyone to get involved in. Um, I know for some people, their religion, their faith is the impetus for why they do that. So taking part in Mitzvah Day or Sadika Day, which are both charities that focus on social action on one day of the year, which comes from traditions in Judaism and Islam to volunteer for a cause. Mitzvah and Sadika mean good deeds or charity. For a lot of people that we've met, it is their faith that drives them to do this sort of thing. I don't think that has to be the only reason. Like, you should just want to help people because we're alive and lots of people need help right now. But I think it's a good way to meet other people who feel the same way or share the same values as you 
but I would love everyone to feel the same way about things and, and take part in things as a lot of people do and connect together and so that we don't live in many echo chambers and we can come to a point where we at the very least see each other as humans and not as people who are fundamentally against each other which is the type of rhetoric we've seen when it came to Brexit and things like that. I see a lot of places in society, I mean, particularly I work with students where people know people from a similar background to them, like similar sort of school they went to or on the same course. You get to know people that are in some way similar to you, which is great. You know, everyone needs friends and that sort of thing. But getting involved in interfaith activities is really important because the world is so much bigger and so much more varied than just the people you already know. And often problems that are in society are kind of created by divisions and also can be solved so much better through people coming together and sitting and working together to share things better. So for me, it's just really important that people get involved so they can sort of widen those horizons and dispel some of the things they have in their mind that aren't really put there by fact, maybe by assumptions. Even when we use the term interfaith, it can feel like we're segregating. For people who maybe aren't religious or don't have a faith background that they follow, they could feel excluded from that. And I think something that's interesting, the work that you're doing, Ben, with the Faith and Belief Forum, it's for people of all different backgrounds, not just people who follow a set faith. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's certainly people of all faiths and also non-religious belief systems. And there are loads of people that get involved in the work who are sort of in almost formal non-religious belief kind of organisations like humanists. There's loads and loads of volunteers that take part in programmes from that movement. But there's also just lots and lots of people who are questioning faith. Uh, so maybe they're brought up religious, maybe they weren't brought up religious. But it's so important to still get to know people who are different to you, regardless of what you believe in personally, because everybody's sort of on a journey of that belief. And you need to be able to work well and like have really good relations with people across the whole spectrum of sort of belief. Some of the programmes that I've been part of with you both is discussing how it is that we can break down those stereotypes. And I think something that's really interesting is we might have that desire to speak to someone from a different community, different faith belief, whatever it may be. But sometimes I think we can get nervous that we might say, the wrong thing or stumble or accidentally offend and I wondered what your thoughts are on how we can overcome that anxiety or like nervousness that you can have. I think it's inevitable right like we go into talking to people with our own biases our own assumptions our own judgments because of how we've grown up how we've socialized and things around us that paint pictures of different people different groups of people you have to make an active choice and active effort not to do this is to not judge them in the way that you would judge yourself that's one thing that I'm constantly having to do when I meet different people if I am talking to them about values and stuff to try and understand why they think a different way to me um, is to not impose my own values and, and faith and beliefs about anything in the world to cloud what they're saying and just to understand what they're saying from its face value and to probe into it a little bit more with curiosity not judgment I love that you said that it's probing into it with curiosity rather than judgment because that in itself like I think when we're exploring people's different thoughts and beliefs if you come in it with a loaded perspective oh you you believe this though right I, I read this like well why is it you do that it's because of this isn't it and when when you do that then it instantly puts people's barriers up and walls up and then you don't get any kind of dialogue and Ben I wanted to see what your thoughts are on that as well 
Yeah, I think what you said is really, really true. You know, people can come into spaces with assumptions, but also with assumptions about what people might do or say to them more than your own assumptions about the other people there, like their beliefs. And I suppose I've always found that in these settings, a lot of people come in with the same kind of concerns. And so people are usually quite welcoming and quite careful to make sure that people feel included and comfortable because like everybody goes through the same process, those same thoughts. So if you're new, usually you'll find people are extra sort of welcoming and kind, and that really helps to overcome some of those concerns. And then you get more used to each other. And then you can have some of those conversations that you want to have, but you're having them from a place where you kind of really got to know people a bit better. And you know that they are like good people with good intentions and like trying to learn, they're trying to share. So usually it goes really nicely, much better than you can imagine in your head. It's great to get to know people from different backgrounds and communities, but do you feel like having that interaction has made you a better person or a more whole person? Do you feel like that's shaped your own views and values at all in any way? Yeah, definitely. Like, There's a few different examples of that around sort of how open people are about their faith and their belief. For some people, it's when it doesn't make them popular because their beliefs are not considered mainstream in other parts of society, but people still hold those beliefs sort of openly and strongly. And I think that's something that's really sort of comforting for me, but also a really good example in my life to be able to do that anyway. But also things like, you know, I've worked with and volunteered with lots of people who there's really visible markers of their identity sort of on their body all the time with what they wear. And that's changed how I present myself in society. And that's not, I suppose, something I've like learned by speaking. It's more learned by just being with people that are different to me and practice differently. Those are probably two examples. For sure. I think for a lot of us, we're not in insular, isolated communities. Um, we meet different people all around us, whether that's at work, doing sports or just anywhere, really. I think it's taught me to be more, more patient, more curious about things. I have a lot more of a level head and understanding when things are different. Um, at the same time, that's also helped me understand my community and where I come from and how that's built and shaped as it is and how other people's in a similar way has been built and shaped as it is. So it helps me understand people a lot more. And that's, I think, essential if you're working in the public sector or if you're just working with different groups of people. It's even more essential if you're working with marginalised groups of people or volunteering with them as well. Like You can't impose ill feelings towards other people. And I think meeting them in, in controlled environments. And when I say controlled environments, it's often facilitated workshops or interfaith events that I've been to where there's ground rules that help a lot when it comes to asking questions and creating a safe space where you can make it easier not to offend people. The other thing for me is that I don't think there's any one religion necessarily has a monopoly on truth and wisdom. And so sometimes you can hear something maybe you've been told in your own faith tradition, but then it's said in just a slightly different way by someone else. And then you really hear it properly for the first time. And it's almost like learning styles in school. I think it is really, really important to hear these often really similar kind of messages about truth and wisdom about how you behave in the world just in a slightly different way and then it can really hit home and you can hear something that you've been told before but for the first time really and you don't get that unless you engage in these interfaith spaces 
That's so true. It gives us the opportunity to see the many, many similarities, which there are, which maybe from surface level, it doesn't look like there is that at all. I think you're exactly right from the experiences that I've had doing different community work or interfaith work. It's been so lovely to see core values that people hold, whether they're religious or not. And and I felt like a lot of people, when it came to the, the very core and the very heart of what they believed, it, it was the same, really, <laughs> about loving each other and serving each other and treating people with respect and kindness and, and those kind of values, which I think is really lovely. So I wanted to see if you both had any suggestions of where people could go to find different inter-community volunteering opportunities or interfaith opportunities that, that they can start with. Sure. I mean, it depends where you are in the world. But if you're at university, usually there's something there like chaplains and things really, really keen on involving more students in. And then in the UK, there's the Interfaith Network for the UK, which has like a sort of big list of lots of things that happen all over the country, lots of different organisations, Interfaith Scotland. There's also sort of more resources there if you're there. There's Mitzvah Day coming up soon. And on their website, if you put in sort of where you are, they'll try and connect you with Interfaith kind of volunteering that's happening near you. You'll often find that also there's smaller things that are happening in sort of parish churches often or local authorities trying to like foster it and push it forward because they really see sort of the need and desire to make it happen more. So those are some places I suppose to start looking just depending on where you are. What about yourself, Mama Taj? I think if you've got a hobby, if you like doing something, inevitably there'll be a group on the internet who also do that thing. And then if you add interfaith in front of it, there might be an interfaith group as well who focus on that. So whether that be a book club or knitting or looking for other people of faith in the LGBT community, there's something out there for everyone. What are you up to at the present? Like, obviously, we're all still in this funny getting back to be social again and maybe work's just started to let us go in again. So I wanted to ask what you're both up to at the moment. Yeah, work is just sort of letting us go in when we want to now, which is very exciting. And then we're starting the book club up again soon. So I should have a meeting this month for the first time in a little while, which would be really nice. I got engaged to my partner recently, so lots of organising to do around that. But yeah, so it's really nice that we can see people and celebrate. I have taken a step back from things during lockdowns. I think it just, like a lot of people, it just forced you to stop. Mm. And I think the impending doom of mortality was weighing over us quite heavily. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) I did just stop. I kept in touch with a few of the women's charities that I've been involved in for a couple of years in my capacity as a trustee. But with a lot of other things, I took a step back from them. So starting them up quite slowly, but also keeping in check with how much my body can take how much my brain can take I know a lot of people feel this way I just can't do as many social things as I did before um it's much more exhausting so we've got book club coming up which will be really really exciting and it's such a nice refuge from everyday life as well and then we'll see where things go from there Now, before I ask you a final question, I wanted to see if there's anything that either of you wanted to share that maybe you haven't as yet around this subject. Is there anything you wanted to share with our listeners today? It's just the importance of getting involved in something around you because whatever it is that you do or whatever it is that you care about is actually really worth sharing with other people. And I think that's the most important thing in interfaith space is what people share about themselves. Obviously, you take for granted about yourself. It's your every day. But for other people, it's the first time and it's like an amazing thing. And so just to be sort of generous with yourself and share yourself with other people, because it's an amazing opportunity for them to learn and for you to learn about them. 
and really not to feel sort of self-conscious because people are literally waiting there for you they really want more people to be involved in these spaces and they'll be really welcoming and kind so just take the first step I think that's such a lovely sentiment like yeah effectively you're interesting you're valuable everyone has something to learn from you like you're deserving and welcome in those spaces at first they seem really really intimidating but I think they're the nicest group of people you'll ever meet there's no end to how much we can learn we can only grow from our learnings and the people that we meet and the things that we share with each other the theme of the podcast is hope and I wanted to ask you both in closing where you find hope I mean, one thing that's really interesting is that people who engage in interfaith activities are more hopeful, apparently. This is just according to some research I was looking at this morning. It's sort of also true in like reality that like, when I see people who come into the program and parliamentals with like sort of maybe less confidence or less skills or all these kind of self-doubt, and then through the group they work with sort of pushing them forwards and really believing in them kind of implicitly, without really necessarily saying that they believe in them and then them coming out the other end sort of nine months later with all the things that made them special before but also just so much more that makes me really really hopeful just seeing that change happen every time to all these people and then also the people I work with their sort of passion and their drive to make the world a better place and I know that there's people like that all over the place that I don't work with every day that really fills me with hope knowing that there are so many people out there all pushing and sort of in the same direction all pulling for change to make the world better. That's so nice, Ben. I feel most hopeful, I think, when I'm like cycling or walking on an overground train and just seeing how much of both natural nature and man-made nature there is around us because of how intricate those things are and how much human design and I think divine design has gone into every single thing that exists. I think for me, it's always been when I've taken part in practical social actions. So bringing people together to donate food to a food bank. And that was part of Mitzvah Day. It just felt really powerful to take part in that, to know that it was going to a good place. Doing things that have an altruistic aim at the end of them is always where I feel quite blessed. For me... It's like every time you do an event or you do something where you need people to, well, the, the idea is that people come along, you know, you're a bit nervous that maybe no one will be there. And then like, so the first people come and then people trickle in, then it's a bit more of a, like, there's just lots and lots and lots of people. And the fact that they're there, they're willing to put themselves out there a little bit and be involved in something that they're probably not 100% sure about. And so I guess they've taken a bit of a leap of faith just to be there at all. I always feel very, very grateful, very blessed that that happens. And then... You have like sort of just conversations where people will say something. It's almost a throwaway comment to them about what they've learned or what they've enjoyed or how it's inspired them to sort of do more things like this. It makes me feel really, really good that I can do this all the time in my job and in my personal time, my sort of free time. Yeah, that always makes the connections that, that we can make through these spaces with each other and also just knowing that other people are doing that too. I feel really, really blessed that that's what I can do. I wanted to thank you both so much for joining today. I love the discussion that we've been had and I love this idea that there's no end to how much we can grow and learn and that we should always just ask people and not assume. And if we go in with that mentality, then we're likely not to offend and we're likely to have these beautiful, flourishing conversations where actually we can both learn from each other. And I think that's really beautiful. I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning into this episode of Hope Helps. 
If you have any thoughts about today's programme, please send them to hopehelps.uk at churchofjesuschrist.org. That's hopehelps.uk at churchofjesuschrist.org. I'd also encourage you to subscribe to our channel and leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. Until next time, I wish you the very best. Thank you.